Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to another Pure Victory Podcast episode. Matt and Braden here. We're excited that you hang out with us. Thanks for coming back every week. We're so excited about just seeing the growth and the, the feedback and and the testimonies too, just even people saying, man, I got free from pornography because of this podcast. And we're going, man, this is amazing what the Lord is doing. And, and uh, if you've got testimonies, we'd love to hear it. If you've got even just a, just a heart to give a review on one of the apps that you're listening on, feel free. It helps get the word out a little bit more. Today, we've got great guests on today. We've got Trey from Stronger Marriage Workshops in the US. And I connected with them on Instagram, Trey and Lee. And I just love everything that they put out. And so I had to get connected with them. I've done some, some, some study on what they do in their uh, ministry. They just basically travel all over the U.S. doing workshops, building families, uh, building marriages. They've got such good wisdom. And so we're chatting today about sex in marriage and what that looks like. But Trey, I know your, your better half might not be with you today, but we're excited to have you. So thanks for being here. Hey, uh, we're, we're honored. Lee wishes she could be here with us today. And she had a previous commitment that she tried to change and couldn't. She said, I trust you to represent both of us. And so I'm going to do my best today. Uh, but uh, it's always better when Lee is here and we'll have to maybe make another. Maybe we do another one down the line. We'll get her here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd love that for sure. So you've got uh, you've got four boys, which I love in our family. We've got 10 grandsons for my parents and my in-laws combined. There's 10 grand ba- grandbabies and they're all boys. So we're right in line with you with having four boys and you got your just your new grandparents. And so we kind of, sometimes we have, um, we have grandparents get connected with our ministry and they go, should I talk about sex with my kids? Like with my grandkids? Like it's kind of like, kind of in the old school thinking, 
that's not really something you talk about, but that's something you guys talk about a lot. So maybe just start with your story. How did you get that on your heart to talk about sex and talk about marriage publicly? Well, we, we both, Lee and I both grew up in homes that didn't talk about sex at all. Uh, in fact, kind of, we grew up in Christian homes. Uh, if a, if a television show or something came on that, uh, we watched regularly that happened to be that program about sex. You know, somebody was supposed to get up and turn it off because that was just a, Hey, we don't talk about it. We don't discuss it. And, and we, we went into marriage. We were, we were high school sweethearts, um, hanging out at the same church group, youth group together. And, and we kind of went into marriage. We were very thankful for a, a minister that caught us just before our marriage and said, has anybody done any counseling with you? And we said, this was late eighties, you know, and this was kind of a new thing. And we said, no, nobody has. And he said, you need to listen to these tapes. And he got us some cassette tapes. That's that old, that long ago, uh, on, on somebody's discussion of married sex. And we listened to them as we drove. And I just remember thinking, wow, nobody has ever told us any of this stuff. And, and I'm just so thankful that he felt it on his heart to share some stuff with us and uh, we got married and, and we always kind of joke that, you know, we got married and it was kind of like uh, honeymoon night. We were kind of like, man, everybody knows what we're doing. Is it legal now? You know, yeah. because it was just one of those things that nobody talked about. You know, the only thing we ever heard in church, the only thing we ever heard was it, from a Christian standpoint was you don't do this, you know, and then you get married and it's kind of like you can do it now. And it's like we were so confused. Um, and, and so we, we had a little baggage going in that we worked through, but for the most part, um, we adjusted, we really did. And, and we live in a time, you know, we married very young, right out of high school. Uh, we started having kids early. Uh, so we were doing something right there, but, uh, we started having kids early and, and we have always loved marriage, family ministry. That's kind of what we do. And, and while we had kids, it was a little tough to, to do that as, as, as openly as we do in a sense of going places and speaking places. And after they got, our boys got older and now they're out of the house, we, we travel, we can travel, we can travel almost every weekend and we just choose not to. We do about 16 events a year, but uh, we go all over the U.S. and different places, and, and we talk about healthy marriages from God's standpoint, and we include a, a big session, an hour-long session on what godly sex is as God designed it, because so many Christians have grown up in homes to where a lot of people, the only thing they ever heard was, you don't do it, and then there's another group over here that we run into that all their life, they've just heard it from the world standpoint that, Hey, sex is no big deal, you know, and they don't know how God designed it and the reason God designed it the way he did. And, and once you kind of learn what I think it's taken us some while, some time to learn, you find out sex is very powerful. Uh, it's a very important part of marriage. And, and it just, you sit back and you go, God knew what he was doing. Mm. Yeah. I love your sentiment on that there, Trey. And, it is right. It is important. And it is in God's heart. I mean, the book is song of songs, right? Uh, there's so much right. richness in there, but if, if this is such a good gift from a good God, why in the church don't we talk about it? What do you, what do you see? And why do you think that is? 
I think it's because a lot of people are very uncomfortable with the topic, um, especially uh, people who grew up in homes that you didn't talk about it. Uh, God is not embarrassed by the subject of married sex. Uh, God included the Song of Songs in his Bible, which is an entire eight chapters of a man and woman chasing each other, a husband and wife chasing each other sexually, talking about all the things they're going to do to each other, that uh, if you read it from a modern translation with a little bit of an open mind, you sometimes sit back and people go, wow, is he really, is she really talking about doing to him what I think she's talking about? And we're like, yes. And, and, and we've had people go, does God know that is in his Bible? And we're like, <laughs> yes, God is great with this. This is, this is good, healthy stuff. And uh, we just have, the world talks about sex. Um, there are songs, every song on the radio, every movie, every television show, uh, elementary school age kids are starting to talk about it. Junior high kids all the time, high school kids all the time. And for some reason, Christians and churches don't talk about it. And, and we have done a disservice to other, uh, to other Christians out there. We've done a disservice to churches by not telling God's side of the story. Yeah, and it, we all say that it's it's an amazing, beautiful gift from God. Everybody says that, but then we don't talk about like what it actually looks like. And I think that that's part of it too. Is that like you're saying, people people grew up in homes they weren't talking about it. They're uncomfortable with talking about it. But because of that, they never go into, or I, I shouldn't say they. I should say we as a church. We never we never go into actually learning the nitty gritty, like what is actually going on in song as songs. Like what does it actually look like? So when you're teaching. And I know it's an hour. We don't have that long here, but what does it look like? What does healthy sex in marriage look like between a man and a woman passionately pursuing each other? Well, well healthy sex in a marriage is very giving. It, it is not about what can I get out of it. Good, healthy. I mean, when you read the Song of Solomon, you see a, a man and a woman, a husband and wife who are who are pursuing one another. Um, they're not pursuing, you know, we, we have people today that, that struggle with sex in their marriage because they're pursuing all the wrong things. They're, they're pursuing self-gratification. Uh, they're pursuing pornography. Uh, you just go down a list of stuff. And, and when sex in marriage, when you realize how God created it, uh, it is for pleasing my spouse. And when both husband and wife realize that, uh, it becomes incredible. Uh, there are there are people in our world that believe sex is only for procreation, mm. and and they have missed one of the greatest things uh, about sex is that God created it also for pleasure. There, there's so much power in sex uh, in a married couple that uh, there was a reason that God said get to know one another mentally and emotionally and spiritually and 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 lastly sexually because there is so much power in the act of sex it's two people becoming one flesh and and I read something from a child psychologist the other day that was saying that junior high high school kids that get all those steps out of order and they barely know someone and they kind of date for a week and they get involved sexually with one another and they, they don't follow God's plan for stuff that those kids, when they break up because of the power that's involved in sex, when those kids break up, this, this psychologist said that kids today are going through the same emotional stress that a couple who are married that are going through a divorce goes through. 
Wow. which is just outrageous that there are, are young people dealing with that because they don't understand the power that's involved in the act of sex. You know, the world says it's no big deal. God goes, it's huge. It is huge. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like you're, <clears throat> you're talking about that, those examples, they come into say marriage or, you know, as a kind of grow in their own sexual maturity, as far as, you know, getting married or even they're exploring this before that, um, unfortunately, but that does happen. They're not playing with the full deck of cards, so to speak, because, you know, or they feel that way anyway, because maybe their education was through porn or movies or music and maybe growing up their parents, they didn't use the right terms. You know, they, they didn't call a penis a penis. They called it a woohoo or a wee right? Or whatever. Yeah. And so they have the shame that surrounds sex. Uh, they can't talk about it. So for people that feel that way, that they're not coming at this with a full deck of cards, how do we come back to that? you know, good foundation that God's given us so that we can move as husband and wife into enjoying sex and serving each other in sex instead of having all this pain and woundedness behind it. Well, there are people who have had some pain and, and have been wounded uh, and, and need to find some help, whether it's from a, a, a medical doctor or from a counselor or a psychologist. Uh, but I would say we, we encourage couples to, we remind them, hey, God is not embarrassed. He, he created a totally naked man and a totally naked woman, uh, put them in a garden together and said, had a great time. He knew what they were going to be doing. He's not embarrassed by the topic. He's not embarrassed by the act. Um, and, and we tend to think sometimes that that sex is something that that Satan has taken over or that came from Satan. And, and it is, you can be a Christian, you can be holy, and you can still be very sexual in marriage. And, and those are words that for a lot of people don't fit together. You know, they're just kind of like, you mean I can be a holy Christian person and be very sexual. And especially for women, women really struggle with that. Uh, and yet God created this. We, we encourage couples, hey, you can talk about this. If you're uncomfortable, start with little steps, you know, text things to one another that maybe you're uncomfortable face to face. We talk about books. There's a book by uh, Dr. Kevin Lehman called Sheet Music that is absolutely fantastic. One of the best things Lee and I did was we read that book together and then we talked about it. And that kind of helped us to overcome even some, some things that we, we talk about sex, but there was some stuff in that book. It was like, I guess we really ought to talk about this. Uh, and so it, it gets a lot more comfortable when you're willing to open your mind and talk about some of those things like that. Um, you know, God created, it, it's as if God shows up at a, at a wedding ceremony and says, I have a wedding gift for y'all and you're going to love it. Uh, yes, it will, it will be for procreation and you can have children with this, but it's also for pleasure and it's for bonding. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you probably saw a post we put up a while back that said um, a, a woman's clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. Uh, and it's only pleasure. The entire, the only reason God put that was there was for pleasure. There, there, is, there is no other reason that the, the clitoris serves a purpose for. So God is saying, enjoy, have fun. And, uh, and of course, sometimes when we talk about clitorises and things like that, uh, you know, we, we do get some, some older folks or some older Christian folks that go, whoa, you can't talk about stuff like that. The world's talking about it. So, yeah. so Christian folks need to step up and, and reclaim what's theirs, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's a gift from God. God designed our bodies. He did it on purpose. So why are we not talking about it? I love, I love that you're talking about it. Um, so some couples, like we talk about sex, but then like what goes into sex? There's foreplay, but we talk about foreplay. What does foreplay look like? So we like personally in our marriage or in our ministry, we've had couples come to us like we, we enjoy you know, oral sex, but we don't know if it's good or not. We don't know what God thinks about it. Should we do it? Should we not? Um, we want to do it. Um, some people think, you know, it's, it's just a homosexual act is, is the, in talking about the oral sex, but what do you teach about God's design, God's view on foreplay in general? Well, we, we think that, uh, we think good foreplay starts early in the day that, that actually every day ought to be a day of foreplay. Um, and, and that consists of a husband and a wife flirting with one another all the time. Um, we, we like to say make love every day, even on days you don't have sex. And, and that may mean, you know, a long hug in the kitchen that's fixing your wife, her coffee. Um, for, for women, uh, foreplay doesn't start at nine o'clock at night. If you're a smart husband, uh, you start early in the day with foreplay with a, a good morning text, a good morning, beautiful text. And it's just something that goes on all day long. And, and that leads into what men consider to be foreplay, which would be, you know, your caressing or, or whatever it is. Um, and, and, and foreplay is a, a very healthy thing that, that should take place in, not just in a bedroom, but once you get to a bedroom, foreplay is uh, just to be enjoyable. Um, we have no problem with oral sex. Uh, we think the Bible speaks specifically about oral sex in the Song of Solomon in several places. Uh, there are some people that sometimes go, hey, you can't do that, you know, and we're like, tell that to God. I mean, he, he put that in his book. So, um, it's, it's whatever a couple is comfortable with, and it makes for good communication. Talk to your spouse about those things, what you're comfortable doing, but, uh, good foreplay and, and, and married sex, honestly, if it's done right, should get better all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Lee, Lee will be the first to admit, uh, we, we really didn't know what we were doing early in marriage. Uh, and, and, and as you, you know, the old phrase practice makes perfect, uh, the, the, the more you're willing to, to stay after it, the better things get over time. And, and we, sometimes we bump into couples that go, Hey man, when you reach 20 years, it just didn't good. And I, we're like, we've been married 32 years and it gets better every year. We think there's no way it's going to get better every year. It gets better. Um, and, and, and we, we entered empty nest syndrome, you know, last August and, <laughs> holy smokes, I, I didn't even know it was this good until, you know, get the kids to leave the house. And then it's like, you don't have to even lock the bedroom door anymore, you know? That's so awesome. uh, yeah, it yeah. should get better all the time if you stay after it. Yeah. You know, we heard a study actually that was done. Um, they, they pulled uh, married couples and they found that the for sexual satisfaction that the sweet spot was actually in the years between 20 to 25 of marriage. So it's I something that it. we do get better at um, over time, right? We think it has to be, you know, year one, two of the fireworks, but it's something we grow in together. Yeah. Um, no, no, Trey, one of the areas that we've, we've seen where there's a disconnect between husband and wife is in our differences, um, often as male and female, but our personality differences as well and our views and our expectations, but specifically with our gender differences with, with sex. Um, how do men and women navigate that? Because, I mean, you were talking about foreplay. Uh, we've heard that phrase men are like microwaves, women are like crockpots, right? As far as how we get heated up. <laughs> I know for me, you know, my wife gives me a look and that's pretty much, I'm good to go. But for her, it takes longer than that. 
so can you comment a little bit on that? How do men and women, husband and wife, navigate those differences? Well, it, it starts by good communication. And there are several things we talk about in our workshop, but we, we love that, that illustration of women are like crock pots and men are like microwaves because generally it's the truth. Now, I will throw this out here real quick because it does need to be said. About 23 to 25% of all marriages, it is the wife who has the higher sex drive. And we meet some of those ladies sometimes because when we talk a lot of times about this, we, we kind of have to speak to the masses or the higher percentage. And sometimes we have women that will go, hold on, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm the one in the marriage with a higher sex drive. So it, it's always good to remind uh, folks who are listening, uh, ladies may have a higher sex drive. And so if we talk about, hey, uh, wives meet your husband's needs sexually, your husband has a sex drive. It, if it's reversed in your marriage, you just need to reverse that. But in most marriages, uh, women... Yeah. Men, if you're waiting until nine o'clock at night to start sowing the seeds of love, your wife isn't made like that. She's she's one you start early in the day. Now, men are a little bit different. We are more like microwaves. We do heat up very quick. In fact, we Lee always says in the in our in our workshop, she she will make mention that wives, if you're in the mood, if your husband has a higher sex drive than you, if you're in the mood, you need to let him know. Because, uh, you know, and then sometimes wives will go, well, how do I know he's in the mood, you know, and she's like, if he's got air moving in and out of his lungs, uh, he's probably in the mood, you know, whether he said anything or not. But uh, men and women have very different sex drives. Uh, we, we always like to kind of joke that men have most men have very high sex drives until the day they die. It's, it is just learning to negotiate that and, and good communication. Lee and I have learned um, we, we don't really like the phrase scheduling sex because people think you're putting it on your calendar for six o'clock next Thursday, but we like the phrase or the idea of scheduling sex. And what we mean by that is there are a lot of times where it's been a couple of days that one of us will look at the other one and go, Hey, we, we haven't connected sexually in the, in, in a few days for some reason tonight, a good night, you know, or, Hey, don't make plans tonight. I got plans for you. And, and it's kind of like, I'm going to put that on my little calendar in my head that, hey, tonight's a good night. And, and for a lot of women, that's helpful because sometimes they have to prepare themselves mentally, not just, uh, uh, you know, everywhere else. They have to kind of work in their head sometimes. Yes. Men just kind of need a location. Uh, women have to have everything in order. Uh, women struggle with, hey, there's dirty dishes in the sink and kids' homework uh, didn't quite get done and I should have picked the house up. And men are like, we could care less about that stuff. Let's go have sex. Um, and so we are wired up differently, but the best thing you can do is just communicate with one another. And uh, for a lot of men, I'll throw this out here, a lot of men who have the higher sex drive, in my past, I've kind of always found myself putting the ball in my wife's court where I just kind of go, well, I'm, in, I'm just waiting for you to say when. And, and, and then I might get frustrated because it'd be like, it's been a while. And she'd go, well, I didn't know you were. And I'm like, I've been waiting. And so she said, you have got to also be the one that initiates. You can't just expect me all the time to go, I wonder if tonight's a good night. And so good, healthy marriages, both a husband and a wife are, are willing to initiate equally to say, hey, good night tonight, or I'd love to spend some time with you tonight or whatever, whatever way you want to say that. Yeah, I love it. And, and like you're saying, some women, some wives have the higher sex drive, but that means that some husbands have a lower sex drive. 
And so that's okay, right? Like we don't have to have a lot of shame about that. Do you, you obviously you encounter that too, hey, Trey? Absolutely. There, there is nothing wrong with a lower sex drive. Um, I will say that if, if whether you're a man or a woman, if one spouse has a high sex drive and the other spouse has no sex drive, we encourage that spouse. If, if your spouse needs intimacy and, and you just, it's just not my thing, uh, you need to consider seeing a doctor, uh, seeing a counselor. Um, sexual intimacy in marriage is, is as important or as communication and affection and everything else. And, and because something may not be your thing doesn't mean you get a pass on participating. I, I'm not a, I'm not big on communicating. I, I, I've learned to communicate after 32 years, but if, if somebody, you know, if, we've been married 10 years and somebody said, Trey, if you don't like communicating, you don't have to do it anymore. I probably wouldn't have said three words for the rest of the year, you know, but <laughs> my wife needs that. She needs me to talk. And so I am more than happy if that's what she needs to give her what she needs. And I have learned that communication is good and healthy for my marriage, but uh, a good, a good healthy way to look at it is the amount or the frequency of sex and marriage really shouldn't be held hostage by the person with the lower sex drive. Um, they shouldn't be the gatekeeper of, we're only going to do it two times a month or whatever it is. It should be a mutual thing that both a husband and a wife uh, sit down and go, you know, maybe kind of like buying a car where, where you negotiate, you know, one person over here says, how about uh, four times a week? And one person over here says two times a week and you meet in the middle and go, how about three? Okay, that will work. So a good, healthy marriage, you'll, you'll kind of work in there to agree on what a good amount is versus just the person with the lower sex drive going, nah, you know, I'll be the one that decides how often we're going to have sex. Yeah. And the communication where you're talking about is so key, getting on the same page and having understanding of each other's expectations. Um, another area that I think that a lot of husbands and wives need to communicate about, and I love your comment on this, is is variety and, um, you know, mixing it up a little bit and, and creating, uh, you know, that that ability to just talk about maybe what you like and don't like. So maybe comment on that, Trey. What what would you recommend to couples to kind of mix it up? I mean, maybe you've been married many years and you're like, well, it's, it's kind of gotten mundane. It's the same thing that we do. You know, it's every Tuesday or whatever else. How do you mix it out? How do you break out of that rut? Well, it goes back again to communication, but, but it is healthy. Uh, we talk about this. It is healthy not to do the same thing the same way in the same place at the same time. Variety is healthy, and it and it just is. Whether it's foreplay or whether it is uh, sex or whatever it is, it is good. You know, for a lot of Christian people, uh, you know, sometimes we tend to be on the conservative side, and a lot of Christians think that hey, sex is supposed to be uh, in the dark. All lights must be out. You've got to be under the covers, um, missionary position only, and and done in four minutes. And and I don't think God ever set any rules on how something has to be done. And the best thing you can do is is to just simply communicate with your spouse about, hey, let's let's change some stuff up. Let's try something new together. Um, and just communicating, whether it's, hey, let's take a shower together. Uh, let's have a night where we just have full body massages. Um, let's, let's just pick a different place or a different time, uh, something along those lines, maybe, a um, you know, 
at a night where you have a lingerie night or uh, whatever it is. But, but, you know, one of the best things you can do, there's sex should not in marriage should not be a boring stale or the same old, same old all the time. And one of those good places, as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Kevin Lehman's book on sheet music was a really good book for us to talk about some things in our marriage that it was because he brought up a lot of stuff and it was kind of like Lee was going, I'd like that, you know, and I'm like, really, I would have never guessed that. And so it's really good to be able to talk about stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. I remember on, on our honeymoon, we were given sheet music too. And when we were engaged, somebody told us about it. So that was a priority along with a couple other books, but that was definitely the main one. And it was very helpful. So um, 100% agree with you there. Before we close, Trey, I'd love for you to just share with our audience where they can find you, um, how they can get connected with what you guys do and any final closing thoughts that you got. Absolutely. Uh, you can you can find more about us at treyandlee.com and that's leelea.com. Uh, you probably could Google Trey and Lee uh, marriage and, and find all of our stuff. You can find stuff about our workshops, where they're located. Uh, we have folks fly in from all over to, to be a part of workshops. We have two books. Uh, we've done one that is kind of a book on marriage called 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. We talk about everything from openness and honesty uh, in things like cell phones and passwords to uh, we have a chapter we love on married sex that we did. And, and that's just a good round book with some questions at the back for you and your spouse to do together. Or just you can do them by yourself. And then we have a second book we uh, we actually did during quarantine. We didn't plan on it, but it just kind of like we don't have anything better to do. And so we did a book on on Proverbs called Wisdom in Your Marriage. And uh, it is a 31 day guide going through the book of Proverbs for couples. And it has everything from prayer prompts to read these, this, you know, read chapter one from the book of Proverbs. And uh, it has been extremely popular uh, because there's not a lot of good devotional books for couples. And both those books are available on Amazon. You can find more details on our webpage as well. But uh, uh, just honored to be hanging out with you guys today, talking about good, healthy married sex. Thanks, Trey. Really appreciate it. And you taking the time. We always love chatting with couples like yourself. And I know your wife isn't here, but uh, we get to know a little bit about her through you too and, and get to know you guys. Um, so we really appreciate you both what you're doing. Keep up the good fight because this is an important talk um, and something to talk about. Uh, there's so many couples out there that that just want someone to give them language and understanding of how they can they can move forward as a couple and building their sex lives together. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we hope you guys are doing well. Stick around. We have another great episode coming up next week. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.